Okay, here we go. And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everyone to the LifePoint Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and I am joined today by my brother Tyler. Hello, hello. And we are coming in at coming in hot. Week forty-five. That's Unbelievable. Yeah. Week forty-five. And today we are going to continue in Jeremiah. We will finish Jeremiah and uh, get into some more joyous uh, lamentations. Uh, lamentations. And we are starting into one of my favorite books, Hebrews. Yes, we're good. Hebrews. And um, so quite a bit to cover here today. And uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in and going through the word with us. So let's jump into it, shall we? Okay. So let's see here. We are starting in Jeremiah. We are doing Jeremiah 40 through 52. Then we'll do Lamentations 1 through 5. Uh, Jeremiah... um, I think last week, it finally happened. They finally came. Most of the book was him giving warnings forever, over yeah, and over. It's I coming. think it was like 20, he sa- it says at one point, 23 years straight of warnings oh, wow. uh, that they had. And uh, it finally happened. They broke through the walls and the gates and came. And uh, uh, we saw the demise of uh, Jerusalem and Judah, and they were sent um, into exile. Um, So we bring up here, um, so they've taken over, uh, the Lord speaks to Jeremiah, we're in 40, um, after the captain Nebuzaradan set him free. Uh, So he found favor I don't know, because he was prophesying uh, that they were going to win. Somehow he found favor with these guys. Yeah. Um, The the captain took him aside and said, uh, The Lord your God uh, threatened this place with disaster, and now it has come uh, because the people sinned. Uh, They did not obey. The captain seems to know all this stuff. Uh, I set you free of your chains. You can come with me to Babylon and I'll take care of you. Or uh, you can go free wherever you choose. Um, Jeremiah goes to Gedalia. uh, And he, that's a person, he lives with him and stays and lives among those who are left in the land of Judah. So he goes to Judah, basically. Uh, Many Judeans... Uh, who were scattered, heard that the king of Babylon had let some people stay in Judah. Um, He had made uh, this fellow Gedalia uh, governor, and so they returned under him. And uh, we get into chapter 41. Um, It's still crazy there. So this... Uh, yeah, some treachery. Going treachery, on. yeah, immediately. Little Ishmael, uh, who had been King Zedekiah, uh, chief officer, comes 
he acts like he's going to have a, a meal, or they do have a meal with Gedalia, and him and his fellow soldiers go to the meal, and they actually kill um, Gedalia and the other Judean soldiers, and some of the Babylonian soldiers who were there as well. And so Ishmael murders the group. Uh, then he murders another group of and, mourners. And throws them all in a well. Yes. A cistern. A cistern. And, uh... Is this the one where they're like, oh, by the way, this is the well that King Asa mm-hmm. made? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a little, little aside. Right. <laughs> a little uh, threw historical. Up, yeah. Threw all the bodies in there. Um... So this is going to be trouble because they had... Nebuchadnezzar had... Or, sorry. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar had put... Uh, Gedalia in authority, and Ishmael goes in and takes it. And um, it's like watching House of the Dragon. On yeah, H- HBO. it just never ends. Yeah, it's this just stuff. this constant. Yeah, somebody takes over, and then somebody betrays him, and somebody betrays him. Yeah. And so, um, get into let's see, chapter forty-two. Uh, there's another group, uh, Johanan, and a group of army officers they hear um uh what has happened and uh they go and confront um ishmael uh and they rescue so ishmael took all the people i guess or a big group of people who were there women and children and was leading them off and uh so this other, uh, I'm, I'm guessing he was a general or something, Johanan, comes and uh, rescues the people. They really didn't want to be under this guy, Ishmael. Ishmael escapes. Uh, so now the group, so this is a group of people sort of left over, the Judeans who were left over after the attack of, of uh, the Babylonians. And so they are thinking of going to Egypt, and uh, we get into chapter 42. They go to Jeremiah, and they ask him to ask God to tell them what they should do. Uh, so Jeremiah goes and prays, and then he comes back to them, and he says, if you go and try to settle in Egypt for safety, war and starvation will catch up with you, and you will die in horror. Do not go to Egypt. And we get in chapter 43, of course. Um, Egypt. They say, you're lying. <laughs> After <laughs> he literally was just proved right. Yeah. Uh, you might want to listen to that guy. Um, I think they thought he, and he kind of seems like he is in cahoots with the Babylonians because they were super nice to him. Who, Jeremiah? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, they he thought just... a couple different times he was, like when it talks about when he bought the field, how they thought he was going to yeah. uh, to be with the Babylonians and be on their side or whatever. Um, so they say, you want to hand us over to the Babylonians? Um, and of course, they gather everyone together, all the officers, all the people, men, women, and children, and they go to Egypt. Um, they end up in a town called Tap. Taffanese. Taffanese. Uh, Jeremiah follows them there. Uh, he does another, um, I don't know what you call this, exhibit. 
God has them go bury these large stones yeah. in the mortar, the pavement. Demonstration. Yeah, demonstration in Pharaoh's, in front of Pharaoh's residence. Uh, mm. I will bring my servant Nebuchadnezzar, and he will set his throne on these stones. He will attack Egypt, and the people will die. Um, yeah. So it's it's almost an immediate. He does do throughout the book. Yeah, it's another. They're always amazing. It's my like favorite's going to be at the end. He's been doing this for Judah and Jerusalem, and now he's going to Egypt and doing the same thing. Yeah, um, it's really fascinating. Uh, chapter forty-four: The Lord speaks to Jeremiah uh, again about the Judeans living in Egypt. Um, they're disobeying, and these guys. Yeah, and it's amazing to me. I love that the Bible's so incredible. It's you just see all these repetitions throughout. Yeah. And we're in week forty five now, so we're you just see it constantly and it's it reminds me of the children in the wilderness and we're gonna see this yeah. in our Hebrews reading too. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're trying to go, always trying to get back to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Like this place that was so oppressive mm. and it literally put them in slavery and and just not good and they're just anything but to turn to Yahweh and trust him. Yeah. Like they wanted, they wanted, you know, I love that line. And we want to go back to our potted meat mm-hmm. that we read <laughs> many, many weeks ago. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had yeah. potted meat. Don't but you remember they're, the they're potted not meat? Just going there, they immediately are sacrificing to other gods. Yeah. And it gets well, and, and that's what it means. Specifically. Uh, to go to Egypt means to go to their gods. You're turning from the one true most high living God and going to them. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, you qu- continue queen to burn. Of, queen oh, of the heaven. Queen of Heaven. Yeah. The best. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Huge rabbit hole there. Yeah. Yeah, continuing, it says here, continuing to burn incense to serve other gods whom they had not known, neither you nor your fathers. And so Jeremiah goes. He listens to the people. He calls them out, especially the women for some reason. It, it talks about uh, they mm-hmm. had made vows uh, and their sacrifices. Um, almost all of you will die in war, um, and you will know that I have brought this disaster on you. Yeah. Um, Fall by the sword and, or famine. And so we get into 45. Um, again, Jeremiah has uh, Baruch yeah. uh, write down on the scroll. Um, now this is, it says the fourth year of Jehoiakim is ruler of Judah. Not totally sure on the timeline here. Yeah, it bounces. He's yeah. These stuff are, that's not always chronological. Um, so... It's talking about how he's feeling hopeless. Um, again, how he's going to uproot what he had planted. Mm. He's bringing disaster on all humanity. Uh, very, it jumps back to this other which it, sort of motif, which is so. fitting because f- all throughout Jeremiah, from the very beginning, uh, it's it says that Jeremiah's commission was. Uh, to speak over nations and kingdoms, to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, build, plant. Mm. Just that language all the way throughout. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's not just uh, Judah and Jerusalem. It's l- a whole bunch of them. No, it's... Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to see... Nebuchadnezzar it. takes over the whole world, yeah. pretty much. It's yeah, crazy. and we're going to see in the end of Jeremiah, it's, there's going to be 
woes to all of them. Yeah. Uh, 46, uh, again, uh, the Lord's message to Jeremiah about the nations. Yeah, this one's against speaks Egypt. about Egypt yep. and Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar's um, going to come in and defeat you. Um, uh, there's a long um, sort of warning. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very similar warning to what had come Previously to Judah and Jerusalem, right. uh, they're going to be overtaken. Uh, make an announcement throughout Egypt, prepare for battle. Um, but in there, he does say, "I will rescue the descendants of Jacob. Yeah. They will d- return from far away, and I will completely destroy the nations where I scattered you." Uh, which is which is interesting. That motif uh, you're talking about repeating. It's the, s- it's the same thing. The the Jews end up in Egypt, and it's almost going to be like, get out of here, because they it brings on, yeah. if you try to ensla- yeah. you enslave them, it eventually brings on disaster on the people there. Um, Totes. Chapter 47, uh, now there's a message to the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also going to get it. They're going to be <laughs> overwhelmed. The whole country, uh, everyone in, in the country will cry out. Uh, chapter 48, he speaks to Moab, uh, Nebo, and uh, Karathium will be destroyed. Those were cities. Moab, sorry. Yeah. Um, same deal. Destructive army is going to sweep through and uh, destroy the city. Calls them out. Arrogant and prideful. Yeah. 49, he speaks Ammon. about the Ammonites. Yeah, which is Moab and Ammon. I believe those are the two, uh, those are the children that Lot had when they they tricked him, slept with him, his daughters. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a hist- interesting d- history there with them. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Just that that thread throughout. Yeah, um, he says, "Do you think there are no people of Israel remaining? Uh, you took possession of God and uh, live in His cities. Because of that, the time is coming." When you will come to ruin, Israel will take back its land. Mm. Uh, yeah, out. and it's funny you say that too. That line, because it got got to me, got me to thinking that the way that our Bible is arranged, the historical books are all together. So, after Kings and Chronicles, we read Ezra and Nehemiah, which is the return from the exile. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of like a movie like Pulp Fiction or something that's kind of out of order. Yeah, it jumps around. It a jumps bit. around, but in a, in a sense, it's kind of cool because you see, you already seen them come back from exile. Yeah. So it, it helps me at least to understand what's going on a little better. Yep. It kind of yep. paints a, a, a broader, richer picture for me. Yeah. Like, I oh, think, wow. Yeah, reading Isaiah and Jeremiah after the fact yeah. is interesting, you know, because yeah. you kind of know the context fully. Yeah, and in Ezra and Nehemiah, they came, but they came back, but their, you know, their heads were kind of hung low, it and cool some too, wept, some cheered. But it did that too, even in the story of Israel, the way it'll tell it, and then it'll tell it again. Yeah. But a little bit, details mm-hmm. are different, more details and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you're seeing it out of order, but it's kind of a, it, like I said, it paints a richer picture at times. Yeah. Uh, chapter 50. Um, oh my gosh. Now he calls out Babylon. Yeah, 1551, I, I counted it just because of how long it was. Mm-hmm. 110 verses. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which makes sense, though, because this whole book's been this 
it's just been reaching this climax with Babylon. Yeah. So it makes sense that at the end, but, but wait a minute, <laughs> wait yeah. a minute. Babylon's yeah. going to get it too. Yep. You will be captured. Um, a nation from the north will attack Babylon and lay her land to waste. Mm. And then Israel and Judah will return home <coughs> with tears of repentance. Um, so I, I looked a little bit at it. It's basically Persia uh, who's mm-hmm. coming. Cyrus. And they were called a different name at that time. The Medes, maybe? Mm-hmm. They, c- they use it in this verse. I forget okay. where it is. But it's Persia, eventually, mm-hmm. is what it's called. Um, destruction will come on Babylon like I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, it's really b- I- interesting because God is calling Nebuchadnezzar his servant. He's using them mm-hmm. um, to punish Israel, in a sense. But then they must have also gone too far in what they did. Uh, because he calls them out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 51. Yeah, 51, he calls Babylon. He says, you, I love this, and the, it's the Legacy Standard Bible. He says, you are my instrument of shattering. Yeah. And the ESB says, my Medias. war club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My weapon of war. You are rich in plunder. It's time for your lives to be cut off. <laughs> <laughs> they will swarm you like locusts. Yeah, war clubs. That's the one I see. Um, War Club, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. So he's calling people to get out of Babylon. Uh, it's coming to ruin. Babylon must fall. Oh, my gosh, and I love this, too. This is another one of those demonstrations for Jeremiah. Yeah. He says, write this in a single scroll, all the calamity which will come upon Babylon. Take these words which you have written. And then it says, as soon as you finish... Tie it to a stone and throw it. Yeah, <laughs> into the middle of the Euphrates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell them just so shall Babylon sink yep. and not rise again. Yeah, it's incredible. He's always got these visual aids. Yeah, going for him. Yeah, sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, very dramatic. So good. Um, uh, let's see. It's kind of the ending of the actual, like, kind of oracles. Thus far, are the words of Jeremiah. It ends with fifty-one. Yeah, yeah. And then you get a little uh, kind of history. Fifty-two. There's another wrap up there, um, specifically, mm-hmm. which really was the cli- uh, kind of the climax for me was Zedekiah. Yeah. Uh, oh which is so. God. Oh my God! Talk about a House of Dragon. Intense. Game of Thrones. Man. Yeah. The, they're escaping. Okay, let, let's read it through here. Yeah, this is fifty-two. It. The it, it's called the record of the fall of Jerusalem, which is just epic. Yeah. Epic and ju- the fall Title. of Jerusalem, like it really happened. Uh, Zedekiah was twenty-one. He when he became king over Jerusalem, he did what displeased the Lord. He rebelled against. The king of Babylon, uh, when Babylon came against Jerusalem, they built siege ramps all around it. There was famine in the city. Uh, eventually, they break through the city walls, and all their soldiers tried to escape. Uh, but the Babylonians chase after them. They capture him. Um, they put to death all of his sons mm-hmm. in front of him. And it's literally the last thing he will see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> because, and then they put his eyes out. Uh, they put both his eyes out. They bind him in chains, and he is imprisoned until the day he dies. I love it. it's so open ended too. Like, 
there's I don't think there's any real record yeah of his actual death it's just one of those let off and then blinded. uh the captain shows up of the Babylonians Nimbus Zuardan uh he burns down the uh burns down the temple the royal palace all the houses in Jerusalem they tear down the walls um he leaves behind the poor gives them fields and vineyards um and all of that is specific because we see all of that rebuilt yeah. everything we just mentioned the yep. t- the temple and the walls um they break the pillars, they, they take all the bronze, they take all the uh, treasure out of the temple, take it to Babylon. Um, With a very small number of people, less than actual numbers. And then they add this in the 37th year of exile, King, is it evil? Evil? Oh my gosh, evil Merodach. Merodach? Is it evil Merodach? The best. Of <laughs> uh, Babylon. Uh, I so forget he's the my new commentary. king. It's that, that word means something else, but, but it's, it's not e- evil, equally. right? Like no, evil, but evil. it's, I can't remember what it is, but it's not great. So he pardons King uh, Jehoiakim of Judah. This is interesting. Yeah, with he, an N. He has a different um, experience there. Uh, he spoke kindly to him and gave him more mm-hmm. prestigious position than any other king. Uh, he would take off his prison clothes and eat daily with the king for the rest of his life. And this is how Kings and Chronicles ended too. It's like that little, yeah. little tiny ray of hope that Jehoiakim was treated fair, was treated this way, mm-hmm. and that there's just this little glimmer of hope of that remnant. Yeah, of the numbers it, right above it, it gives the three thousand, the forty-six, forty-six hundred in all. Right, right. That's that's the a Jewish big one. people that were exiled. Yeah, seven hundred forty-five. Yeah, number. It's a specific number, but there's just that little. Just remember that God's always had this remnant. Yeah, He's always had this one little group of people that He can continue that thread to Jesus in and through. So that number, it's like, I don't know what to do with those numbers. Like, is that? Yeah, I think that the. Does that mean that there had Those to be above way, pay grade. way more people there? So in some state, in some other that places, and yeah. Um, so that's the end. Um, mm-hmm. And f- fittingly, segues right into lamentations. Lamentations. Um, so these have t- ha- have titles. Each one. They're like stanzas. They're like a, yeah, it's um, like poetry. Yeah, it's the Hebrew poetry. alphabet. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two. Um, Except the middle I'll one's sixty-six. Yeah, I'll just read through it. The the general. They also have generic uh, titles. So this one, number one, Lamentations, chapter one. The prophet speaks. Jerusalem, once crowded, lies deserted and lonely. Mm. The city is like a widow. The queen of nations is now a slave. So these these are lamenting what has just happened. Uh, what's happened to Judah and Jerusalem. The people of Judah are slaves in a foreign land with no rest from sorrow. Uh, the gates are deserted. Uh, the women are raped. Uh, this gets pretty graphic here, just telling you some parts of this. Yeah. Um, a- and let me say this. Um, for the scriptures, we, we were talking about this the other day. It's like... Um, some of this is is it as intense as it gets because it's just 
what happened. Because it was as intense yeah. as it gets. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's part of what uh, I feel like with the scriptures gives it to me some credibility is that it will mm-hmm. it will uh, take head on the the the, the brutality. As much as the beauty. And we were talking too the other day. What's fascinating to me as well is both the Jeremiah and Lamentations, these are things that Moses said specifically would happen mm-hmm. in the end of Deuteronomy. Yeah. If you do not trust in Yahweh, you go after other gods, you are not true to the covenant, this exactly will happen. Yeah. Including this it, vile, just unimaginable stuff. Yeah. He says it word for word. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah, so this is the it's a it's atrocities uh, yeah. that's that's happened, and uh, he's mourning this. They're lamenting what has happened, and uh, so he talks about it. Uh, um, Zion's glory is gone. Jerusalem's sin makes it a joke. It was tragic when Jerusalem fell. Everyone in the city groans, looking for food. They trade all their valuables for scraps. Jerusalem shouts to God for help, uh, but you sent fire on us. You let Judah be trampled. We're flooded with tears. We reach for help, but no one comforts us. Then the title is Jerusalem Speaks. The Lord was right. I refuse to obey. Now look at my sufferings. My heart is broken. The people are slaughtered. Um... Don't let these evil deeds escape your sight. Um, I've lost all hope. Chapter 2. The Lord was like an enemy. The Lord was angry. He disgraced Zion. The Lord had no mercy. He wiped out the whole uh, army of Israel. He attacked like an enemy. He shattered his temple. He wiped out the meeting place. He rejected the priests. The Lord tore down the walls. Gates have fallen. Um, uh, the women just stare at the ground. Uh, this one got me. Their eyes are red yeah. from crying. My stomach is in knots. Children lie helpless, begging for food and drink. The child slowly dies in his mother's arms. Zion, how can I comfort you? How great is your pain? How can you be healed? Your prophets prophets deceived you. Um, Deep in your heart you cried to the Lord, not let your tears overflow day and night. Uh, Don't, but then it it, it changes tone a little bit here. At the end of chapter 2, don't lose hope. Get up and pray for help all through the night. Pour out your feelings to God. Beg him to save your people. They are starving to death in the streets. Think about it, Lord. Have you ever been this cruel? Is it right for mothers to eat their own children? Is it right for priests and prophets to be killed in the temple? Young and old dead in the streets. You were angry and invited the enemy. The enemies killed my children, my own little ones. Um, So that, that this is part of it where um, they're calling out to God uh, for what Babylon has done, where it gets a little weird because God obviously used Babylon, mm-hmm. um, but 
but then there's certain things they did, I think, which he didn't approve of. Um, I don't know which is which exactly. Uh, they had wrath coming on them, but um, I don't know if the, um, the extent of it, because they, they crossed the line somewhere, the Babylonians, uh, the way they treated them. Um, we'll say that I, I, it seems like Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. Uh, some believe that. They don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, speculation there. Chapter 3, the prophet speaks, I have suffered much because God is angry. He chased me into the dark. He calls my skin to waste away. He crushed my bones. I prayed for help and he refused. I am a joke to everyone. Uh, he made me eat gravel. Oh my gosh. I yeah, can't even one. remember happiness. <laughs> um, he's turned my life sour. Um, and then he turns. Then I remember something that fills me with hope. The Lord's kindness never fails. Mm. If he had not been merciful, we would have been destroyed. The Lord can be trusted to show mercy each morning. Deep in my heart, I say the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. The Lord is kind to those who trust him. It is good to wait patiently for the Lord to save us. um, I don't know what the translation is here. I forget. Oh, it's jumping around translations. Um, Which verse? I'm not sure. It's the one about they uh, this one says being rubbed in the dirt can teach us a lesson um they, i forget what it is which verse it is basically it was good for them to learn from this we can learn from the insults and hard knocks it is good for a man to bear a yoke while he is young i think is another one translation of it hmm. um Let the person sit in silence when disciplined. The Lord will not reject us forever. He causes grief. Then he has compassion. Um, I thought this was... He is not predisposed to afflict or to grieve people. The Lord does not approve of crushing prisoners and depriving rights or defrauding someone. Let us examine our ways. We have blatantly rebelled. Now our enemies gloat over us. Uh, I call your name from the deepest pit. You have heard my plea. Do not close your eyes to my cry. You said do not fear. You redeem my life. You hear their taunts. They mock me in song. Pay them back. Curse them in anger. Eradicate them. Very similar verbiage to some of the Psalms here. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Chapter 4. The prophet speaks, gold has lost its luster, jewels are scattered in the streets. Oh my gosh, I love this one. By translation that I was looking at, it says how dark the gold has become, Mm. how the pure gold has changed. And this part really got me. It said the sacred stones are poured out at the head of every street. The precious sons of Zion weighed against fine gold how they are regarded as earthen jars, the work of a potter's hand. And it made me think the sacred stones, the precious sons of Zion, and what 
once was and now is. It made me think of like the priestly garments with mm. all those majestic uh, on the ephod. Yeah. The breastplate that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. Just this, this fallen, what should have been aspect is now just this. Yeah, it's also like, like um, uh, when civilization falls apart. Yeah, these things. It's like I am. I am legend. They lose their their uh, meaning. Yeah, it doesn't mean it. They they they're begging for food. They need food. They don't need gold. You know. Yeah. Um, reminds me. There's a scene in um, what was it? The one. Um, it was about Pablo Escobar. And, you know, he had all this money, all this cash, and he was on the run. And at one point, they're um, really cold, and he has a big bag of cat. It's like the money didn't even mean anything, and he's burning the money just to stay warm. Just to stay warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when the disaster comes like this, like, the essentials become essential. Like, the yeah. e- the, the regular stuff, uh, currency, uh, changes. Um so let's see. Um, infants are thirsty. Children beg for bread. Those who grow up with expensive clothes are dying in the streets amid garbage. Uh, those who died by the sword are better off. Uh, here's another one. Tender-hearted women cook their own children mm. for lack of food. The kings thought that they would never enter the gates, but they did. The Lord scattered them. Under his protection, we will survive under the nations. Rejoice and be glad because judgment also comes for Edom and Ooze. Zion, you will be punished. Your punishment will come to an end. You will not prolong your exile. Uh, Chapter 5. Look what has happened to us, Lord. Our inheritance is turned over to strangers. We are fatherless orphans. Our mothers are widows. We are weary and have no rest. Uh, We submit to Egypt and Assyria to buy food. We suffer. Um, We have fever from hunger. Our hearts are no longer having any joy. But, uh, here it goes again, turns around. But the Lord reigns forever. Your throne endures Mm -hmm. from generation to generation. Uh, Why do you keep on forgetting us? Why do you forsake us for so long? Bring us back to yourself. Renew our life. Um, I just li- I love the way it's vi- it's uh, reminiscent of the Psalms. That kind of brutal pouring out your heart, yeah. honesty thing, but then also the ability to to you know <laughs> uh, in this desolation, that, uh, uh, pouring out his heart, he t- turns it around. The Lord reigns forever, you yeah. know, right in the mi- midst of it, you know. Um, okay, uh, that, I think five was the end of Lamentations. Yeah, that's all Lamentations. Um, Next week, Ezekiel. Mm. Okay. All right, so we are going to jump over, let's see, how are we doing here on time? To Hebrews. Mm. And. That's so good. Pro- one of my favorite books of the Bible. Maybe my favorite. Um. We're not totally sure who wrote it. Um, some speculation on that. <laughs> um, 
go down a rabbit hole in that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of it sounds, uh, whoever it was, was at least somewhat privy to what Paul was preaching, uh, if it wasn't Paul or one of the others there. Because mm-hmm. uh, some of the same motifs kind of come up. Um, okay, let's just jump into it. So we're not sure exactly who wrote it, but... Um, uh, it's definitely an inspiring book. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, amazing. And what really jumped out at me, too, I was reading a commentary by William Lane, and uh, because there's no introduction, there's no to the people of Ephesus mm. or, you know, or mm-hmm. Philippi or wherever, Corinth, Some sometimes it can be lost on you that it was actually written to people, yeah. to certain people in a very real context that were like other communities in the first century that were being persecuted and facing challenges. Yeah. And so it's this encouraging letter. Yeah, there's parts. It reminds me of Romans kind of in the um, kind of laying things out. But then there are parts where he does get a little specific about people. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. talking to somebody. Yeah, definitely. But, I, but, but if you keep that in the back of your mind, some of the maybe a little more challenging parts of Hebrews become a little more palatable because he's talking to people that are facing specific challenges and, right. and, and persecutions and stuff. And he's saying, Hey, stick with it. Yeah. Finish this race. Trust God. You know, don't, don't abandon your faith. Don't yeah. walk away. Don't give up. Yeah. So yeah. it helps. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Chapter one, uh, God spoke long ago to fathers and, uh, the mm-hmm. prophets in many ways. In the last days, he has spoken to us with his son, um, who he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the world. Uh, he's a representation of his glory. Uh, one of my favorites, he upholds all things by the power of his word. Oh my gosh. Um, it's majestic. <laughs> um, it really is. He gets into... Um, thing the rest of this verse on the angels mm. uh he's better than angels and, it, and speaking of context it makes you wonder like was there something going on he needed to prove this point yeah like yeah. it's so emphatic and mm-hmm. throughout really like was there a teaching there's something that he's kind of correcting like hey and i know that there was and we'll see it later really pop up there was a um in the intertestamental period there was a real heavy uh emphasis on angels yeah. and when it came to the law and the delivering the law that the angels were there with Moses they helped to deliver the law uh, you'll see it in Jude you see it in Peter mm-hmm. it's uh, there's definitely something in the ethos there in the time yeah so you kind of wonder if the writer of Hebrews is being yeah. a little bit intentional he, here oh yeah definitely um, he says to an angel was it ever said you are my son today I have fathered you mm. Has he ever said, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me? Or let all the angels of God worship him. He makes his angels winds and flames of fire. Um, That's so amazing. Your throne, God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is his kingdom. You love righteousness and you hate lawlessness. God has anointed you with all joy above all your companions. Um Okay, it keeps going. Uh, you laid the <laughs> foundations of the earth. You made the heavens. They will perish, but you remain. This one's my favorite. They will wear out like a garment. And you <laughs> will roll them up. They will be changed, but you are the same. You will never come to an end. 
Oh. Um, it reminds me of the metaverse or something. It's oh. just putting it away. Oh, taking it so off. so much cosmic language. Putting it it's away. Incredible. All right, we're done with that. Um, uh, who has he said? Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Psalm one ten was a go to yeah. for the New Testament yeah. writers in the early church. So he's starting off here, um, sort of uh, emphasizing yeah. the and of uh, course the theme throughout Hebrews is better. Yeah, yeah. Christ is better. I mean, over and over again, it's right. better. This right. is better. This is better. Uh, chapter 2, for this reason, we must pay attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. I love that. That's the exact translation I have. It's a great... And I love this because there's there's really something about in um, that initial faith, that initial decision to follow, that there really is something special about that, mm. where um, I used to know a fellow used to use the term staying green staying green is really important like staying new like keeping that newness of faith yeah like he really does emphasize this and so does paul he talks about like wait don't forget this thing like this is really the point <laughs> like this mm -hmm. is real this this and you've seen that in church over the years when somebody uh maybe first radically converts or becomes saved that that passion that zeal that yeah. kind of fire that can be worn out over the years you know yeah, kind of. so David, it says, remind me of the joy of my salvation. Yeah. Yeah, that sort yeah. of idea. It's like, hold on to that. You're not wrong. You're yeah. right to like be zealous. And that's what I love when I hear pe about people's stories of God's grace in their lives. A lot of times it will it will just, it will bring to remembrance what he's done for me. Yeah. And you go back to that moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah, like trying to stay in that, keep that moment alive. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, and um, this is interesting too. And what came from angels could yeah. not be changed, and judgment came from it. Came from angels. Yeah, uh, from the my says if if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, every mm. trespass, disobedience received just penalty. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I think it's the talking about the law. Yeah, the law versus Christ. And, and that's Paul. what I'm talking about, this this idea then that somehow the angels had something to do with that delivering. Paul talked the same way. Yeah. He says, well, it came from angels, send to Moses, to the yeah. like telephone. Yeah, like and God's like, here like, comes the law. Like maybe you got some other stuff in there. So is that what you're saying? Like because this is better because better because it's mm -hmm. directly from the source. We're going to see the same thing later with the tabernacle yeah. and the temple and the copies and the shadows and the patterns. Yeah. Incredible. Um. And the signs and the wonders, various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. I yeah. mean, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, spoken directly through the Lord. Uh, what is man that you remember him? You mm -hmm. made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor, pointed him over the works of your hand. You have put all things under his feet. But he became lower than the angels for a little while, mm -hmm. so he could taste death for everyone. Amazing. The author of salvation through suffering brings many sons to glory. That's Philippians 2. That's um, Christ became poor that we become rich. Through his sanctification, we are one, and he is not ashamed to call us brothers. I, I, it's one of my favorites when they use uh, 
the idea of brothers mm. and friends with, with Christ, you know, the master, saying, I will recount your name to my brother in the midst of the assembly. I will sing your praise. That's wild to me. Um, I will put my trust in him. <laughs> Behold me and the children of God, the children God has given me. Uh, the children share in the flesh and blood. Through death he rendered powerless the power of death and freed us who were slaves of the fear of death. He does not give help to angels. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, he does give help to the seed of Abraham. He had to be made like his brothers so he could become their merciful high priest to make propitiation um, for he himself suffered and was tempted. He is able to help those who are tempted. Chapter 3. Consider our high priest of our confession, Jesus, uh, who was faithful as Moses, but he was more worthy than Moses. <laughs> Moses was faithful as a servant, but Christ was faithful as a son. Um, Another better. Here it is again. If we hold fast our confidence and and the boast of our hope. The Holy Spirit says, and he quotes Psalm 95 here. Uh, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness mm. where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. I was angry with this generation they always go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Uh, now, from here, he talked quite a bit about rest. Um, mm-hmm. Goes into chapter four uh, as well, mm-hmm. and I love it too. I I really saw it really came alive to me just studying this. Just the uh, that at the core of the of the uh, failure in the wilderness is just unbelief. Mm-hmm. It's unbelief, not trusting God. Yeah. And so you don't go through. You don't yeah. go through to the promised land. You don't go through to the rest. And I think that the writer of Hebrews is that's a big theme, like this sticking sticking with it. Yeah. Don't fall don't fall away, you know. Yeah. Keep keep true to this 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 faith thing. Walk in it. And don't be like them. Mm. The wilderness unbelief because they didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> they literally didn't make it. Right. He talks about Joshua in the next uh, chapter, and I love my uh, my favorite verse in a uh, uh, three is thirteen, where it says, uh, "Encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, mm. yeah. so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin." Yeah. I don't know something about that just really jumped out of me. As long as it is still called today, yeah, because life's tough, you know. It, you have a hundred and one things coming at you all the time, but just today <laughs> yeah just today yeah remain faithful today yeah what's jesus say for don't worry about tomorrow for it's today's troubles are plenty yeah. <laughs> it's also like uh um while you can while t- while you can today yeah kicking and breathing it's gonna <laughs> go quicker than you think you know yeah um there's a part here what was i just reading um let's see you were right around there, 10, 12. Are we in? Three. Three, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, make sure you don't have an unbelieving heart. Yeah. Encourage one another day after day. It falls, falls away from the today. living God. 
Uh, we are partners with Christ if we hold firm to our initial confidence. Yeah. That's exact. That's what I'm like. I've been seeing this over and over through all of Paul's writings. There's something about this initial faith conversion that um, has to be continued, continually um, stirred up or or held on to. There's it's not like a just something that happened like. Um, uh, holding firm to that initial confidence is really important. He quotes uh, Psalm 95 again, 7 and 8, that today you would listen as he speaks. <laughs> uh, do not harden your hearts. Um, the one who heard and rebelled were those under Moses who died in the wilderness. Um I love it ends the last verse says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I think too, especially in our modern culture, we get so hung up on this sin, the sin lists, mm-hmm. the, the, the wrongs, the things you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do, but that's always the sin. That's it. Yeah. Unbelief. But you know, it's funny, like reading through, um, the old Testament, it's like, I have empathy for these people. Like the unbelief wasn't there for no reason. Like it was scary. Yeah. What they like, even what we just read in Jeremiah, like they just wanted to be safe in Egypt. Yeah. Like let's go here. Let's go there. Yeah. Like just can we just be safe already? And it's like no, Mm -hmm. you got to keep going. You got to do. They didn't want to believe it because it was going to take faith like to walk through yeah. something and jeremiah fear or work or, or whatever moses was, or whatever you know? prophet would say to them though but look at the, all the times that god was faithful yeah. when you did trust him and you brought the ban and you brought this and he did this and he covered you and he protected you yeah so it's yeah it's all right uh chapter four trust issue we must be wary while the promise of rest remains that's awesome too um that no one falls short of it we heard the good news just as they did, mm-hmm. but it did not profit them. Those who believe enter into rest. I swore in wrath they would never enter into rest, even though his work was finished. Since it remains, some will enter into rest. Those who heard the good news failed because of disobedience. Today. There it is again. I love it. Oh, that today you would listen when he speaks. Do not harden your hearts. If Joshua had given them rest, God would have wouldn't have spoken of another day of rest. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath rest remains for people of God. We make every effort to enter into that rest, and that's another interesting thing too. Is that they kind of never did um, enter into rest. <laughs> Just reading the story, even when they got there, even it's the very short-lived yeah. times of it, it. It seems that way. I'm sure there were maybe longer times of you know years or gen- a generation where they had peace but it just it's a lot going on there true um the word of god is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit that's one of my favorite uh, verses yeah that actually um says like sp- specifically there is a difference there is that you can divide them, soul and spirit. You know, that's like mm. one of those um, uh, tough things to decipher, you know. 
as an abstract idea. Says the word uh, can divide that. Uh, dividing joints and marrow, it is able to judge thoughts and desires of the heart. <laughs> no creature is hidden from God. Everything is exposed to him and must be accounted for. I think that's really interesting, too. It's able to judge thoughts and desires of the heart. Um, yeah, That's the idea of the Bible, be, uh, the scriptures being alive and real. Like... And you I think, like, I used to feel this way, like I was judging it, I was investigating the Bible, and then at some point you realize it's, like, doing that to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's investigating well, me, and, and like, also, like, oh, no. <laughs> it's also what's alive in you as well, because yeah. in the context, too, it's talking about the old, it's talking about the law versus Christ, and Christ is in context here, because it says that if Joshua had given them rest, they would not have spoken the other day after that. So that rest eventually ultimately comes from and through Christ who is the word mm-hmm. so he is the word of god alive in you that's sharper than a two-edged sword yeah dividing you know yeah it's amazing to me the word made flesh um and, and it really gets into the high priest motif yeah. here since we it's have a such segue, a segue really in chapter such four. a great high priest who has passed and this one I forget passed through the heavens let us hold Hold fast to our confession. Yeah. Our high priest is not incapable of sympathizing with our weakness. He was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. Mm. Um, that's like as uh, as cur- encouraging as it gets. Yeah, um, this one those one of those verses that jumped out at me. Just remembering that this was a, a real people in real space and time, like mm-hmm. that were in a time of need and needed help. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, don't forget, we have this high priest. Yeah, and and the the holding fast to the, your confession. Yeah, um, <laughs> there it is again, and um, the idea of him passing through the heavens, and they get into this with the holy of holies. Yeah, that's my, which is it's really my favorite. Coming up here in a moment. Really cool. Chapter 5. Um, this so is so cool. The priest. Fleshing out the, yeah. the, the priestly role. The high priests taken from men are to represent them before God to offer sacrifice for sin. He is able to deal compassionately with those who are ignorant and erring since he is also weak. So yeah. he makes offering for himself as well. well that's the, that's the issue. Regular priests. Yeah. Yeah. He's, that's that's all good, but he's got those weaknesses too. Yeah, God glorified Christ when He became high priest. <clears throat> he said, "You are my son. Today I have fathered you, mm. and you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek." Mm. My favorite. I, I thought about you instantly. Oh, Melchizedek, go go study Melchizedek. Yeah, he's a trip. The mysterious character. The rabbit hole of all rabbit holes. What is happening? Where did he come from? Uh, there's a whole other story there. Doesn't even it, it say in one of these chapters that he had no, there was no record of him or something. It says no genealogy. It, it says it spells it out here somewhere in Hebrews. Yeah. Like there yeah, was no a, before or after. Yep. <laughs> Um, when Christ was in his flesh, he prayed loudly, crying to one who is able to save him through death. He was heard because of his reverence. Um, he learned obedience through suffering. Now that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. 
and became a source of salvation to all. Um, there is much to say of Christ, but it is hard to explain because you are hard of hearing. Um, you ought to be teachers now. Again, he- here's where it's, you see he's talking to somebody specifically in this place. Yeah. You need someone to teach you the basic principles. You need milk but can't handle solid food because you're an infant. Solid food is for those who, whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and evil. Uh, chapter 6. That's a cool translation. Yeah. Uh, we must progress beyond the elementary instructions of Christ to maturity, not having to lay this foundation again, repentance from dead works and faith in God, teaching about ritual washing, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Um, this is interesting. It's impossible for those who have become enlightened and tasted the heavenly gift, become partakers in the Holy Spirit, mm. tasted the good word of God, and the miracles of the coming uh, age, and th- uh, coming age, and then commit apostasy, mm-hmm. they would be crucify him all over again. Mm-hmm. That's the key word there is the apostasy. I think this is a a very decidedly walking away from your faith, like mm. a like a line in the sand kind of moment. Not the way we kind of think of just kind of, you know, meandering about, although that can be dangerous too. You mm-hmm. want to stay tethered to your faith and your belief and your God and Jesus and, and all that good stuff. But I, I think this is really speaking of like an outright denial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how he uses that phrase, the tasted the miracles of the coming oh, age. Oh, I love that too. Like Mine says the powers of the age to come. Yeah. Like how you... It's like a time travel. There's some kind of time travel coming on. I could geek out on that. Um, oh, and I love this too. In the LSB, it says, this made me think of this in context. It really helped me. It says, for the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation, useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, worked, receives a blessing from God, but it yields thorns and thistles if it yields thorns and thistles it is unfit and close to being cursed and its end is to be burned and it made me think of uh this a lot of what jesus said mm. this a lot of that idea of the, the, the wheat and the chaff and then the um the seeds the parable of the seed and the sawyer yeah. the s- so sower. sower yeah it just really jumped out at me like that's exactly what jesus talked about yeah that taking root that really growing getting its legs or just you know, excited for a second, walk yep. away. Right, right, yeah. Like all those different types That's true. of seeds, and it's it just really, you know, it kind of leaped out at me. Yeah. Um, and I love that <laughs> it says in verse 11, it says that we desire that each one of you show diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Yeah. Um, don't be sluggish or dull. Be mm. imitators of those through faith and perseverance inherit the promise. Yes. Uh, which is another interesting thing. The the perseverance to inherit a promise, like, it's to come. It's still to come. It's not necessarily happening right now. Um, 
when God promised to Abraham, he promised by himself because there was no one else for him to promise by, Mm -hmm. saying, I will greatly bless you and I will multiply you. Uh, I think that's cool. Multiply you. That's just the covenant language. Yeah. Uh, He waited patiently Mm -hmm. and obtained the promise. God guarantees by swearing to himself. Um, Our hope is sure and confirmed by the one who enters within the veil where a forerunner has entered, namely Jesus, the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Mm. I love love that. that. The one who enters within the veil. And I love, I, f- I don't know what you just said, but mine says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Mm. What does your say on that one, the entering into the veil? It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and confirmed, and one which enters within the veil. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> which, oh my gosh, chapter 9, we're going to see a plenty about that. Okay, chapter 7, Melchizedek, uh, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham and was given a tenth of the portion. Uh, oh, yeah, here, here it is, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. Yeah. Uh, his name, by translation, is king of righteousness and king of peace. Mm. Without any genealogy, no beginning or end, (laughs) but like the Son of God, remaining a priest continually. What? It's so interesting to me. Because he's really, he pops up here and there, but it's really not a huge to-do about Melchizedek. No, it's just Genesis and Hebrews, like... uh, Psalms? Oh, there's a Psalm. Oh, no. And And they quote it. He quotes it. But it's like they totally geek out on this guy who nobody else was really talking about. But it's kind of assumed, too. Like, almost, oh, yeah, Melchizedek. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Melchizedek blessed the the one who possessed the promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's funny. Levi, who's still yet not born through Abraham, paid tithe <laughs> also to Melchizedek. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, Melchizedek belongs to a different tribe. Our Lord descended from Judah. Moses spoke nothing of priests about them. Yeah, I love that. He's using him as an example of how Jesus can be the high priest and not be a Levite. Yeah. Like, see? From a different line. If a priest arises like, this is crazy, Melchizedek, he does not do so by legal regulation or descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. Mm. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here is the testimony about him. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. A better hope is introduced. He quotes Psalm 110. The Lord... uh, swore and will not change his mind you are a priest forever um jesus the better covenant he never dies so he can always intercede for us our high priest is holy innocent undefiled separate from sinners and exalted in heaven he offered once and for all uh when he offered himself the the law appointed weak priests the word of oath appoints a son. I think that's too. Uh, when I was reading through um, Jeremiah, I, I felt that 
and and in Lamentations, like it was, there was just they they lost it, like they really lost it a long time ago. But it ki- it kept life kept going, but they blew the covenant like right away, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the wilderness, they blew it. They had already blown it before they even got in. You know, it's interesting that it kept going. Even that's why there was so much turmoil even in the promised land cuz they it, the gig was already up in a sense mm-hmm. they had already blew it yeah and they were and even and even when they continued to do it they were doing it wrong <laughs> yeah they never it was did. the high places it was, yeah, it was the wrong spot it was a weird weird syncretism with the near eastern like religions like there's obviously moments where they're getting it right but it was in a sense you get the feeling mm-hmm. like and then you get like a good king be like oh no guys wait this is the, this isn't the right way. But especially have reform in, the, in the exile, it feels like we we blew it. This is it. We yeah. it's over. This is donezo. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, which is where that new covenant language comes in. And he actually quotes Jeremiah here because they yeah I love they, that overlap. Over they had to get a new covenant because the old one was they were going to be trapped. Yeah. Uh, chapter eight. The point is, we have a high priest in heaven ministering in the holy place in the lord's holy place the priests must have something to offer on earth priests gave according to the law the first covenant needed a second because it had fault that's what i'm trying that's that line is what it really stuck out to me the first covenant needed a second covenant because it had fault mm-hmm. they, they it, it didn't work uh and then he quotes jeremiah 31 31 through 34 behold the days are coming when i will come Complete a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers when I led them uh, out of Egypt. They did not continue on my covenant, in my covenant. This is the covenant I will make. I will put the law in their minds, and upon their hearts I will write them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Everyone will know the Lord. I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Mm. When he said new covenant, the old became obsolete and will disappear. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I love verse 6. It says, uh, he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant. Yeah. Which is enacted on better promises. Yeah. And it's really just fascinating to see that. Um, well, not fascinating, but to see... The first covenant play out, they it it had really kind of run its course in a sense that it it was already over. The old uh, chapter nine, the old covenant had requirements of divine worship and earthly sanctuary. The tabernacle had a place for the sacred bread, the holy place, and behind that second veil, the holy of holies, with the ark of the covenant. It also had the manna and Aaron's rod and the tablets. Into the Holy of Holies, the priest could only go once a year and only with blood offering for himself and the people. The Holy Spirit is indicating that the way into the holy place mm-hmm. has not been manifested. While the first part of the tabernacle is still standing, huge. meaning the present time, the gifts and sacrifices being offered cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience conscience that's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. is your say that past mm-hmm. so yeah. pastor jeff talked about yeah. on uh, sunday um 
But when Christ appeared as high priest of good things to come, he entered the tabernacle not of this creation, mm-hmm. and not through the blood of animals, but his own blood. He entered the holy place once and for all. If animal blood cleansed the flesh, how much more does the blood of Christ? Through the eternal spirit offered himself, cleansing the conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He is the mediator of a new covenant. A death took place for redemption from violation of the first covenant. Many have been called uh, that may receive eternal inheritance. I like this. Uh, if there is a will, the death of must be proven. The will takes effect only after death. Hmm. I guess sometimes I think about that. The I still I I think there's a lot of mystery involved and all of this we're somewhat familiar with it so it just kind of makes sense but like he has to die why is it why does any of this all seems very and i i went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this too because most translations in the actual greek it's they will make sense but the actual word is covenant yeah it's covenant it's covenant and and it but it harkens back to when they would have a covenant they would slaughter an animal and walk in between the pieces Mm -hmm. And that was the death that was signified yeah. in that covenant to ratify it. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of layers and angles I said to will, this. Like I've jumped between a bunch of translations. But will will made sense. Will to me. make sense like, to oh, us. You can't get it. Until yeah, he's dead. it's like yeah. You yeah. read the will. You have the the whatever you call it. The lawyer and divvies everything up. Yeah. Cause and covenant, that tracks. Covenant was a little confusing because I'm thinking what you were just saying. It's mm-hmm. the animals and stuff as mm-hmm. an example of if you break it. You right. Know. Um, but he's tying all that in earlier, too, though. Like it's not with the blood of the heifers and the calves. Mm-hmm. It's the blood of the high priest once and for all. Like even even that as a, as a Westerner <laughs> in the suburbs. Oh, sure. I'm like, so removed from that that it's just like. Oh, all that's the Old Testament. To walk into the like, animal. My, one of my favorites is the covenant practice of. Of put your hand underneath my thigh. Let me sit on your hand, and we'll ratify this. Well, you know like that so sort of stuff. Intense and real. It's like magic or something. Like b- literal blood. You know, like yeah. that's so intense. Like, and, and I'm sure it was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I read too. Like what, what reading the commentary. Like there, there's different ideas, but because it talks about how Moses would sprinkle the blood onto that, the. That's what it talked about. And yeah. it's like, but he maybe just tinkle tinkle. You know, maybe they don't really cover it, you know, just like trying to, you know, rationalize or think through what they actually look like because how many times you do that? How can you even read it anymore? You have blood all over the book. It's blood. Literally the a blood book. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's so, so intense. He used the hyssop and the mm-hmm. and the stuff like some, you know, maybe it just it was just like a little like symbol, more symbolic, like mm-hmm. a sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. I don't know in there, but nevertheless, pretty intense. Yeah. Incredible. And I love verse 24. I don't know if you're there yet or not, but, oh my gosh. It said, Christ did not enter holy places made with hands, mere copies of the true ones, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. I just, I geek out on that, all that language of the shadow, the pattern, the copy, like where God is and that temple, and you see it in Revelation, mm-hmm. and then what was shown to Moses here on earth yeah and it talked about earlier so huge were as far as long as that first section of the tabernacle the temple was standing that barrier between the holy of holies until the holy spirit came 
and you think about Christ when he died and the tearing of the veil mm-hmm. and I just oh my gosh I get lost in all yeah. that it's incredible and it's interesting like the way um he's kind of doubling down on because there's sometimes when I read the old testament where I I feel like are they are they copying just culture you know with the sacrifices and stuff or mm. that is this just a product of the times and stuff where they're yeah. that's what people did they or, sacrificed stuff or and everybody did it and that's and it became part of the religion and but mm-hmm. he's like saying no that's that's a shadow of what it actually yeah. is you know it's just like right. in the way christ is like his sacri- literal blood sacrifice of himself you know like his <laughs> appropriation the like, priest what? and the sacrifice <laughs> Yeah, once and for all. Yeah, that's inc- absolute incredible. I, you know, I don't know that we can actually fully comprehend it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I always think of when <laughs> when I think of salvation, <laughs> I always think of um, Chronicles of Narnia, mm. and um, the the you know Aslan is is killed by the witch, and she doesn't she didn't really understand it, and he calls it a deeper magic. Yeah, you know yes. that there was a deeper magic she didn't like, and that, and and he's obviously referencing, yeah. you know, Satan didn't understand what Paul, Paul writes that. But Colossians I, I feel too. like we don't even understand yeah. it fully. There's this deeper. Th- if, uh, Paul if says, the ancient if they had known, did, had, they would have never crucified. Yeah, him. if they don't fully understand it, I don't fully understand this, mm. but I just have to take it by faith that it resonates. You know, um, okay, we're almost done here. Um, Okay, we did the will. Uh, everything was purified by blood. This is, this is that part. Moses, Moses sprinkled blood on the book itself and said, oh, this, this is the covenant that God <laughs> has commanded you to keep. Um, again, it's that s- symbolic. But the, sy- the symbolism is crazy, too, because the symbolism is you don't keep this. You're going to... Um, this is what gonna happen, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deal. <laughs> Which it did. It did. We just read it. What happened? Uh he has appeared once for all, uh, the consummation of the ages to put away sin by his sacrifices. Christ was offered once to bear sin for many. To those who eagerly await him, he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation. <laughs> what? <laughs> to bring salvation? Um, that's where we end on nine. Yeah. Um, incredible. Great stopping point. Yeah. Um, so much there. I mean, goodness gracious. Um, and he's really, Hebrews hits so many of, of, of the, it's a little different, it's different than Romans, but he's hitting these highlights that are so, um ingratiated in the story of Israel, you know, mm-hmm. in in connecting them to Christ. Like there's no way you can remotely f- uh, uh, understand what what Christ did or wi- without uh, this context, you know. Yeah. That he's laying out here. Yeah. E- These e- copies, patterns, shadows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Incredible. Okay, well, that is where we end, friends. That is chapter 9 of Hebrews. We will come back and continue in that. 
and we will be here for week 46 next week. Okay, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Shalom. Bye.